Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is the 150th episode of the show itself, and I think it's kind of fitting to talk to who I'm going to be talking to just because he's seen uh, Seattle sports and a few different variations. This is the 45th installment of the Seattle interview series. I am here with, now you got to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Carly was saying to go by Tani, 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 Tani to Paul. Tupo, yeah. Tupo. Okay, good. Wanted to make sure I get that right. Uh, Seattle Dragons, University of Washington, Seattle Seahawks, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Falcons. Uh, I think it was St. Louis Steamers, uh, if I'm correct, uh, with the AAF. San Diego Fleet. San Diego Fleet. Uh, totally different team I got in my head. Uh, but you've been around the block and now with the Seattle Seawolves. So really excited to talk with you, obviously, because like I was saying before we started, seen the Seattle sports game in so many different variations. I mean, how have you been? How is, I know that we're kind of in the thick of the MLR season right now. We've got a big, uh, big tilt against new England coming up. How have, how have you been since, uh, since signing with Seattle? I've uh, been good. Been well, um, you know, I'm excited to be back home in the Northwest, uh, you know, and excited to represent, you know, the 206 to the fullest. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been really well, uh, the biggest blessing is just I just get to you know be home with my family um I'm you know going through that whole list I've been all over the place played all over the country um and now with rugby kind of all over the world kind of um because you know it can it can it's a worldwide sport so it'll take places uh so just blessed with the opportunity you know opportunity to be back home so just to jump now all the way back to the early years before we get to rugby what gets you into the sport of football was it a family member was it a coach asking you to come try out was it a friend telling you to come hang out with them what what gets you into the game of football uh in the beginning of things uh very beginning of things um you know uh, football has always just kind of been there um my dad played football um my uncles played football um they played in uh, in Hawaii, and they were, they were pretty good players um, coming up. I think my, my dad was an all-state football player there. Then I had older cousins that went and did it too, and so it was just something that, you know, I wanted to do. Um, I remember when I was in fifth grade, um, I actually played junior football at the time for Mount Lake Terrace Trojans, and um, we were really good like the top in our league. And so we always thought it was cool that like we were the Trojans, the top in our league. And then, you know, at the time, you had like Reggie Bush, Matt Linehart and all that. But, you know, being the Trojans, top of their league. And then at fifth grade is when I made the, the, made the uh, decision to pursue, I guess. I was that you would get like your school paid for to go play football. And then after that, I mean, the ball just kind of, rolled on from there so so with that being said were other sports in the mix for you growing up or did you kind of have tunnel vision when it came to football uh I actually played a bunch of sports that's actually really funny you say that because um my wife was surprised too uh you know we've been married for like five years yeah five years six years (laughs) (laughs) but uh she was she um she went to one of her she's a teacher so she went to one of her students uh AAU basketball games this weekend and I was like explaining to her what AAU basketball was and she was like how do you know what that is I was like I play basketball (laughs) 
you played basketball? I was like, yeah, I played basketball. I did baseball, like did all the sports uh, up until I went to high school. When I went to high school is when I really started to kind of like focus in. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's uh, nice to mention baseball. I mean, today's opening day. This is going to be recorded on opening day in Major League Baseball. The Mariners aren't starting, but it's opening day in baseball. will always have a soft spot in my heart. Um, so then we, you talked to uh, talk about heading to high school there, which is a perfect transition. How do you reflect on your time at Archbishop Murphy? I mean, you went to a, a, a state title game, uh, had a really solid high school career. How do you look back at your time then? Because you said, I believe in fifth grade it was, that you realized that was when the ball started rolling for you um, and the whole scholarship idea came into mind. How does your time at Archbishop Murphy and then what was your recruiting process like? Yeah, so my time at Murphy, um, I loved it. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get, you know, um, the, you know, both the best of both worlds, right? I got the academic support side and then also, you know, the athletic support side. You know, they're notorious for developing people for the next level um, all around. So just my time being there, you know, like I said, I was just blessed to be able to to be in that program. And it helped me later on down the line, you know, when I got to college, you know, it wasn't what the way we watched film at Murphy was the exact same way that we watched film in college or um, in college, you know, our, our workouts, you know, we, um, a lot of people don't, didn't realize this, but at Murphy, we have this thing. It's still actually a thing there now called 555 and 555. That's what time the workout starts. So that's 555 AM in the morning. So, you know, when I got to school and we had 6 AM workouts, it was normal. Um, so, you know, in that regards, like I said, you know, just being prepared for that next level was huge. Uh, and then in terms of the recruiting process, um, like I said, going back to Murphy, just blessed um, with them. You know, I had uh, one of my coaches, you know, shout out Coach Schmidt, still really close to him today. Um, but, you know, he helped, he helped out big time in the recruiting process in terms of like, you know, getting, getting guys where they need to go for different camps and stuff, you know. I remember uh, there's a few times where he drove us down to Oregon for like the Nike Spark camps and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall it was a good process. Um, I thought I was going to go to different places and just decided to just stay home and be part of the, the rebuild. <laughs> so you mentioned that. Uh... Can you, I guess, expand a little bit? What factors, you know, ended having you end up in the purple and gold? Was it just the allure of staying home? You know, I know you talked about that a little bit about, you know, the Pacific Northwest, but I mean, was it coaching staff? Was it uh, just the facility staying home? What what led to you staying in the purple and gold? Yeah, you know, um, man, that's, that's actually a real question. There's so much that went into it. So, um yeah, we're even starting. So, like I said earlier, right, when I used to love USC, right, so coming up, I was like, you know, I mean, all about it. And um, it was my junior year, my junior yeah, my junior year, where I was sitting in the, the end zone of Husky Stadium when Sark and them beat SC. Yep. And I the field and like that right there kind of like got to my heart I was like wow 
this place is, you know, special. This place is cool. Um, and then, like I said, I thought I was going to just go on all these different trips and, and see these different places. Uh, but like, I, you know, after having conversations with uh, my parents, um, we just kind of just figured that it was going to be the best thing, you know, for us to stay home. And then not only that, like, um, the energy and vibes that was coming from like coach Sark and all them, you know, to flip the program around and be part of this, this rebuild, um, was another thing, you know, that came into play. Um, I think that year, my class of 2011, uh, you know, I was a, a blue considered a blue chip recruit in the state. And so there was five of us and it was myself, Danny Shelton, Bishop Sankey, Austin Severian Jenkins and Casey Williams. And all five of us said we were going to stay home. Um, so that was another thing where it was like, okay, you're staying home? Okay, okay, I'll stay home too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, just, I guess all of that, you know, and just taking pride in our home state in the Northwest. Um, yeah. I know that's been sort of a big promotional thing that uh, the football team has been doing, right. With the whole loyal to the soil thing, trying to get, you know, a lot of the bigger recruits to stay home. I mean, do you want to quickly like reflect on the new regime at all? Obviously coach DeBoer is in now after coach Lake, uh, you know, a lot of preaching about having guys stay home. I know they've had a couple of commitments of transfers and such over the past few days. I mean, but do you have any uh, thoughts on that and, you know, uh, potentially coach DeBoer's tenure as he gets ready to start here? Yeah, you know, so I was actually down to spring ball last week. And, uh, I mean, so far, so good. You know, seem like a nice guy. Uh, staff seems pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does. And I'm actually really excited that they're still pushing that, you know, loyalty stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if there's any local guys out there that are listening to this, you know what I mean, like, it's cool, right, to go over, cool to go to whatever school out there. Um but just like, if you're gonna stay home in the Washington area, you know what I mean? Like, University of Washington is the place to be. You know what I'm saying? So if you're gonna stay within the, you know, the greater Seattle area, like everybody knows everybody. Um, I think one of the biggest blessings about me going to school there and graduating from there, graduating and playing football is that, uh, even like I go around certain places and, um, you know, people, people recognize, know who you are, ask what you're doing too. You know, I, I know that even though I'm transitioning from like athletics you know, from team to team to team that um, I've always been able to find work in between that and people looking, you know I mean? Looking just to help out like, Hey, I know you're not playing right now. Do you need a job? You know, a quick job. Yeah. We can slide you in. You can come work for us for a little bit uh, just because of the, those connections, you know, from, from the university and stuff. So um People love the dogs here. You know what I mean? Uh, we had an experience. Well, I had an experience. I wouldn't say myself. I, I had an experience, but uh, going with my, like, my rugby teammates, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this is all foreign to them. And so, like, one of the guys on the team is from South Africa, and uh, we were actually at um, over at Bell Square. Mm-hmm. And I had a, you know, a shirt on, and one of the, uh, one of the girls at um, – the i you know the apple store mm-hmm. was like did you uh did you go to uw i looked at her i was like hell yeah go dogs like, it was like i even got it tatted on me and then she looked at me she's like yeah that's right go dog 
and he was like taken back he's like wow you guys take so much pride in your school i was like <laughs> i was uh. like do everything for the school and i told him too i was like and then, you know from my perspective um like i put my body on the line for the school you know what i mean so, um i really truly do love university of washington and um i just i hope that they can just keep on building you know Oh yeah, no, and that's that's definitely something, you know, as someone who was, you know, raised to be a dog, it's it's always really cool to see that wherever you go, right? And then to have guys, I mean, from my high school, uh now Mish Powell's there, Mishael Powell and yeah. Rhys Porter just getting done. It's it's I mean, that adds another layer to her, but a layer to it, but still just seeing the purple all around is, is always great. And it's another reason why when I saw the Sea Wolf signed you, I was like, Hey, it's, it's a husky, you know. Yeah. So I you know. No, definitely. Like, like you said, going back to that, right? So, like, you know, like I guess before, like I, I, I enjoyed USC, right? When I was playing, when I was younger. But, um, shoot, now I bring back memories. You know, when you're when you're a kid, going, you know, to like elementary school, right? When you're in the area, I always bring this story up around like Apple Cup time. But when you're a kid going to school in the area, you know, I, I went to elementary school in Bothell. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, me and Michael Harvickson went to um, elementary school together. We went to West Hill Elementary. Um, but during that time, right before you go to Thanksgiving break, right? You know, that's going into Apple Cup week. And uh, you always split at recess, right? You always go Huskies versus Cougs at recess. And, you know, I was always on the Husky side with Mike Harvey, always imagining, you know, out there playing for the dogs. And then host, you know, obviously whoever went at recess, right? You're like, oh yeah, that's right, go dogs, or you know, they're like, go coos. You know, everybody's out there wearing their husky gear and stuff. And um, but yeah, just like that, the the amount of pride that you know people take uh, in both, not just University of Washington, but in both uh, universities. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's huge. Oh yeah, no, I that was what you just mentioned. That was a thing for me. That was definitely a thing for me um and just like you said whenever that rolls around you can just kind of tell that it's going to happen you know it's it's it you can tell there's there's an aura to it um so this was one that i i hadn't actually known about and i was interested to ask you about what did it mean for you to earn the guy flaherty award uh the program's oldest award given to uw's most inspirational player uh by a player vote was that something that really stuck out to you i mean did you think about that at all or did that kind of catch you i actually I kind of caught, I mean, reflecting, now that I reflect back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, wow, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I do deserve it. But I mean, in the moment, I was like, kind of like, step back. Um, and kind of blown away, you know what I mean? Um, just because, like, like, I had a good, don't get me wrong, like, I had a good career at UW, but it wasn't the most decorated, most, you know what I mean? Um, and just to be able for my teammates to, to see, um, to see me in that light was, you know, I mean, it's huge. Um, you know, I meant that I was, you know, really well respected amongst my peers. And um, the other thing too was like some of the guys that had had gotten that award too. Um, it meant all, you know, a lot to me. Uh, some of the guys that you know that had that award where I was like, just kind of in awe, like, dude, like that's what you see, like, you see me, you know what I mean, somebody like that, so, and uh, one of, you know, one of them, too, was, like, uh, I think Danny got one, too, 
you know, the year before me. And then I think, uh, who else is on there? Uh, Daniel Taunesheim, you know, RIP. Um, he's one of those guys too. And um, I don't know, it's, it's a, <laughs> I didn't realize how important that, that award is. Um, so when I had received it, I was really taken back, but, you know, thankful and I'll, my name will always be on that plaque, you know, at the university. So. So you touched on those guys, uh, some of these guys and Danny right now, uh, a little bit ago, what was that locker room like? Cause at least looking in your first year, I mean, you see guys like Marcus Peters, Keith Price, Jermaine Curse, Desmond Trufant, you know, obviously Danny Shelton, like you mentioned, uh, I mean, what's it like being around some of these guys who would go on to the NFL like you did? I mean, did you kind of know that it was a special group of guys or? Dude, so to be totally honest with you, um, I, when I was playing in Arizona, I like sat back and like thought things through and there was like 30 of us <laughs> that played in the NFL. You know what I mean? For at least a year. There's 30 of us. So the teams that we had were very special. We just never really like, it was just kind of like inconsistent, you know, but we were, I mean, you saw, you saw it, right. There was, there was times where we'd be out there looking like a national contender. And then other times we'd go out there and look like trash, <laughs> you know, you never knew what team you're going to get. And, um, you know, I think, that was just kind of a, a reflection of what was going on at that time. So, you know, later on on the line, uh, when Coach Pete came in, you you know, you were able to see see some of those things that should have happened way before. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know how comparable it is, but with a lot of these rosters and looking at all the different teams here in Seattle, sometimes – I mean, it it doesn't matter how much talent you have on a roster if you don't have the right coach in place. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know what I mean? But I feel like you can have all these talented guys and all these really good players, but if you're not coaching them right, it doesn't matter. No, yeah, you're, I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, you know, we we saw it in like 2013, 2012, 2013, you know what I mean? Like, but crazy talent. You know what I'm saying? So all across the board, like there's no doubt, no doubt. Uh, And so taking that jump from UW now to the Seahawks, how did that signing come into play for you? Did you get a phone call? Was there interest, you know, before the draft, they said, Hey, we might take you in one of these rounds. How did, how did signing with Seattle come to reality? A lot of people don't, don't um, actually realize this, but um, I went into Seattle as a tryout right off the bat. So the way it worked was I was actually supposed to go to Philly. Oh. Um, but at the last second, Philly pulled out. They pulled out. And so everyone's rosters were full. So then I was sitting there like, all right, well, damn. No, nothing for me. And then the phone rang. And that's when Seattle was like, we're going to bring you in on a tryout. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And so I, I came in as a defensive lineman. Uh, they had gotten wind 
of things that Philly was going to try and sign me as a fullback. Um, and so that came in as a defense lineman. They threw the playbook at me. I picked it up because uh, I came in at like mini camp. So I did the first like day and a half. Well, the first day at D-line, picked up the plays that they gave me, learned that little playbook that they gave to us. And then my roommate at the time, he's actually an uh, O'Day grad. Um, what's his name? Uh, is Cody? Uh, um, he's, oh, he's, he's older. He went to Dartmouth. Shoot. Uh, okay. Um, I think his Cody is uh, his first name. I forget, man. That's crazy. I can't believe I forgot his name. Um, Dartmouth guy, but he was a fullback, and so I was learning some of the plays um, off of his playbook, and then they threw me in the very next day, just like out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, hey, try fullback. And then did my thing, and then afterwards, they were like, dude, we're going to sign you. Like, all right, sounds good. Shoot, yeah, I'll try to work on that in the background. Um, try to see if I can find that. But, I mean, so with the Philly thing, at least, you know, with that happening, are, I mean, do you have any, like, hey, you guys pulled out on me last minute, or is it just like, hey, this is the business, I just have to deal with it? Oh, anyway, at first it was tough to deal with, but then I realized that it, it really is just the business of things. So just, you know what I mean, like, just can't, can't get any hard feelings. Although I'd be lying if I told you I didn't have hard feelings at that time. <laughs> just like just like how I had hard feelings against Seattle for the longest time for cutting me <laughs> when they cut me. <laughs> did you, uh, so with moving with that, uh, did you have a sort of welcome to the NFL moment? Was there something that sort of hit you like, hey, you know, I'm really here right now. I'm really doing this. You know, whether it was maybe in that Miami game or maybe in like mini camp, was there ever a moment like that for you? It was actually during during camp uh to the point that like um i think it was like a welcome to the nfl like hit um just going and blocking blocking guys i'm so sorry my daughter's weird no you're okay man blocking guys like bobby and them that was a huge thing um what i am so sorry somebody's at my front door oh you're okay Yo. Oh, it's still open? Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, it's all good. I, I had another break in my car a couple weeks ago. Oh, are you serious? Um, so, uh, moving with that, what, uh, you know, I know you talked about how you were a little bit, you might have resented your release from Seattle. Uh, what teammates or coaches uh, from your time with the Seahawks made the biggest impact on you? Uh, I said one of my teammates probably made the biggest impact. Um, probably a uh, silver Salinga. Um, he's somebody um, who I got you know pretty close with while I was there, um, and even our wives are are really good friends. Um, you know, he was just somebody. You know, he was an undrafted guy, uh, so just hearing his story um, in terms of just you know going undrafted to, to Super Bowl champ uh, was huge, um, and. Just learning the ropes from, from him of just being, you know, uh, persistent and having perseverance, through, you know what I mean, through it. And um, just, like, reassurance that, like, you know, that first cut when, when it happens, 
it's going to happen. And when it does, just don't be down and out about it. Uh, and I think the other coach from the Seahawks that really stood out to me was um, Travis Jones. Uh, um, T. Jones, man. That was, you know, that was my guy. So he's the defense line coach. Uh, and he's actually part of the reason why they got set up in Atlanta. Oh. You know, and Dan Quinn uh, were really good friends. Um, and, you know, when I had got cut, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of fell into like this huge kind of like depression mode and kind of just, like, disappeared. I actually took off, like left the area. Like, as soon as I got cut, booked the flight to Hawaii, to Maui, and booked it to Maui and stayed in Maui for like three months, which is like the most counterproductive thing you can do. Like <laughs> you want to be like relevant. So if the team calls, like you can, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And I just like left. I was like, yeah, I'm over it. I was like, I don't want to see anybody, talk to anybody, nothing. And so um, I came back to UW and did a pro day later on that spring. And then, um, you know, T. Jones saw me there and um, saw me do everything and then told me, he said, hey, you look good. You're still in shape. I see that you've been working hard. It's like, don't worry. Like, there'll be a, somebody will call you. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then sure enough, you know, I was getting ready to go to work one morning and uh, I got a call. Looked down at the Georgia number. I'm like, yeah, who's calling me at six in the morning from going to work? Picked it up and they're like, hey, uh, this is so-and-so from Atlanta Falcons, you know, one of their scouts. We're just calling to confirm your... Uh, your workout for tomorrow. I was like, workout? What? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then my agent called me after and I was like, yeah, we're going to Atlanta to go for a workout. So I went <laughs> there and then the rest was history. And I didn't actually put the two together until I had gotten signed. And uh, T. Jones, his nephew, I was actually on the team in Atlanta. And we got signed at the same time. And uh-huh. so he's the one who kind of put it all together. He didn't know the connection either. But when he asked me, he's like, oh, where were you before this? And I told him, oh, I was in Seattle. And he goes, oh, okay. He's like, my uncle was the D-line coach there. And I was like, oh, T. Jones, your uncle. And then that's when he told me. He's like, yeah, him and DQ are best friends. And I was like, that's, there it is. So, so before I move over to the other leagues, pro uh, pro football wise, and the NFL stuff, I want to touch with the Dragons first. Obviously, the XFL, you know, they're going to go into their rebranding this upcoming year. How yeah. did you reflect on that time? Because I know it was a little bit different. I remember the game that I went to; they had like in-game interviews on the sideline, and they were trying to have a diff- bunch of different rules. I mean, how do you look back on your time with the Dragons? Dude, honestly, my time with so my time with the Dragons and even just AAF, like those those leagues on the like that outside NFL was probably some of the best football that I've um and just because you were just having fun. You know, what I mean everybody was getting paid, you know, really well, really good, you know, good money. You know, obviously it wasn't NFL money, but it was better than what you would make at a nine five. Um and everybody was just out there having fun. So it was like we we're back in college again, you know, nobody was really worried about losing their job. 
you know, and having to perform that week, everybody was still focused on the grind and trying to make it back, you know, to the big show. So, um, in both leagues, like, it was a bunch of fun, especially the XFL, like, XFL, like, encouraged, like, the craziness of stuff, you know, and so, like, you know, you got guys out there just trying to, like, build personality and, and not only that, like, everybody knew that, you know, Vince McMahon was the owner, right? So, <laughs> everybody used to always joke around and be like, yo, if I'm not going to make it in the NFL, I should go out here and be a pro wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, coaches understood, too, what we were trying to do, and they weren't too crazy or too hard on us. So, um, yeah, all around. It's a good experience. So, you know, with that being said, do you think the XFL will be successful when it returns this upcoming year? I know that they want to really push themselves as another pro league. They don't want to be considered like a development development league for the NFL. You know, the Rocks group that he's part of bought the bought the league from Vince. I mean, how do you think about the the XFL's rebranding uh, when it starts back up next year? Uh, I think I think they can be. I think they can be. You know, definitely another league. Um, you know, out there. Um, them and the USFL. I mean, both. There's so many football people don't realize that there's so many really really good football players that just you know aren't you know aren't at the right place at the right time or got hurt at the wrong time or something. So there's a lot of football to be played out there. You know what I mean? So um, I'm excited to see what they do. Um, you know, like I said, the first one that, you know, that came around, uh, I think it was, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened the way it did. But I also think it was a really good thing because it showed people what worked, what didn't work. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully, you know, next year, um, The Rock can come out and put a really good product out there in the field. And uh, I think it's really... I think it's I think it's gonna be really good uh, in terms of certain players and stuff too because you know the Rock himself like he's a you know, himself so uh, I would anticipate him you know looking out for the players so we'll see what happens. So to touch quickly just back on the NFL stuff, I mean, is there an organization that you look back on that you would say treated you the best, or you're not really able to to pick one like that? Dude, the best one is Atlanta. The Falcons, man. With uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is the real deal, man. Uh, I got the most respect for that guy uh, as a coach and a human being. Yeah, man, just a really good person. Um, demands a lot out of you. You know, he like he wants, you know, he, he wants, but he does that because he wants the best for you. And he does a, a really good job of balancing business and have, being able to have fun. Um, so, like I said, great guy, great human being, and um, just really enjoyed my time playing for him. So, you know, take taking all of your pro football experience, where would you say some of your best memories playing the game of football came from? Or would you say they're kind of scattered between the different leagues? For pro football-wise? Yeah. Pro football wise, I said some of my best memories probably coming. Uh, it's pretty pretty scattered. You know, I mean, kind of kind of all over the place. Um, 
you know, obviously being home here in Seattle, you know, has a home, you know, I mean, has a place in my, you know, a special place in my heart. Um, especially because, you know, I watched them win a Super Bowl. I was at the Super Bowl parade standing out there, you know, in, you know, jam packed in this, you know, the city of Seattle. Um, and then to be able to take the field with those guys, like that's crazy to me, you know, on top of, you know, being, you know, now Lumen, but like I played junior football on that field. You know what I mean? I played a junior football game on that field. I played a high school game on that field, I played a collegiate game on that field. <laughs> Go out there and put on, you know what I mean? Uh, the jersey itself uh, was huge. Uh, and then in Atlanta, just all around, just a good, you know, good place to be. And then same thing with Arizona and San Diego and stuff. So just in general, you know what I mean? Um, just the ride of pro football itself was fun. So now switching over to rugby, I, I, from what I read, you got a call for a sort of tryout to come and try out rugby. Uh, what really clicked for you in rugby? Because from what I read, I know you, you played some D-line and even some fullback, and you're not t- touching the ball necessarily a bunch. And from what I read, you know, you've been able to do that in rugby was maybe a big factor. What what kind of clicked for you to say, hey, this is something that I want to do now? Um, you know, honestly, I went into rugby um, because it was going to be an opportunity for me to train. You know what I mean? So oh. the way it's all worked out was I was sitting, you know, at the spring league trying to get back into another football league. Um, and, you know, I didn't get a call or anything like that while I was there. These guys picked up the phone, called me, and I was sitting there like, okay, what's like they called me to come play rugby. And my first thought was, dude, you're crazy. You know, at the time, I was <laughs> I was like, why would I come and play a brand new sport, contact sport at 28? You know, I even told him that too. I was like, defense lineman, like, I was like, this is my make it or break it year. Like, if I don't get in, I'm out. Like, it's done. Hang the cleats up, done. You know, transition, go get a real job <laughs> and call it a career. Um, and they told me, they're like, well, the position we want you to play is prop. Prop you can play to you're like 35, 36. And I looked at him and I said, Are you serious? Because like, <laughs> that's why, you know, it's like you're young for a prop. You're just coming into your prime years. And so, um, you know, I thought I was scheming them. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, I'll come try it out. You know, with the intention of just coming in to play it, you know, use it as training to stay in shape and get paid to do it. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, we're good. You know, you know I'm thinking like, yeah, little these guys are like, all right, you guys paying me to train. As soon as a call comes in, I'm out. See you later. You know what I mean? Uh, and then obviously, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, came in and did it and just fell in love with it. You know what I'm saying? Hold on one second. TJ, can you go let the dog out? Go let the dog out. Go. He's ringing the bell. Go. Run, 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 run,
started to like fall in love. Um, I think that was, you know, one of the hardest things for me actually. Uh, I struggled, not, I shouldn't say struggled, but like I had like my own internal battles, right? Because I had just come to terms with leaving a game that I loved, right? Just came to terms with, oh, one second. Unlock the top, buddy. Um. Oh yeah. So, you know, you talk about that thought, maybe you were scheming the whole rugby thing. How does, how do the Seawolves come into play? I mean, was it someone finds out about you getting involved in the game or. So Seawolves come to play kind of like all over the place. So uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know this, but so the GM for Saturday Seawolves is Pate. Yep. So Pate, you know, his job, do you know what his job was before this? He was Russell Wilson's bodyguard. Oh, no kidding. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> from the Seahawks already, right? And so uh, there's that connection. And then the other connection was uh, Suli and Siti, the two Fijian twins. So they played on the Seawolves last year, and um, they're still on team you know, this year, too. Um, but I grew up with them. And so they're another big rugby family and um they were playing on the team last year and then you know it was kind of like telling pate like yo tani's in colorado playing you know what i mean like gotta get him over here um and so there was those connections but what kind of drove it because I, you know i was in colorado playing there and then you know my colorado team wanted to to do more international type travel and international things uh which required me to be gone for you know a long time and so i was like man this is not gonna work for me right now so um i came home just i was like man okay well this is probably gonna be like the end of my career uh and i came home and then was like yo you want to come come check us out and i was like sure I'll come check you out. We'll see. Went out, checked them out, and then, you know, just got a warm welcome from him and the team to come out and play, and the rest was history. It's always uh, nice talking to Pate. I remember there was the pop-up they had at Simply Seattle where they got a couple of the guys out, and he was there, and I met him there. And ever since then, every game I'm at, and I'm just sitting there on the sideline. He always makes a point to shake my hand and say hi to me. To- nicest dude. I'm just like, yeah, you no. know. Great, great. But that, what you're talking, what you told me about, I would have had no idea. That is one of the cooler, like, backstories that I've ever heard. That is <laughs> that's that's, really cool. That, is, that was, was Russell's right-hand yeah. man. Okay, that's fine. Just play your switch. I'll, I'll uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here. So I'll let you get to your family here in a second. Just some sort of things with the current team. Uh, what do you think about the season to this point? Cause you know, Seattle in its first two seasons in MLR win the title twice, you know, yeah. uh, COVID season canceled it like midway through had a tough way and then start the year off. Great. Three, and zero, 
uh, and then kind of some bumpy roads and a big, big tilt against New England. I mean, how do you, in your experience, right? How are things going in your mind? And I mean, at least from what I can garner, and I'm still building my rugby knowledge, right? So not there all the way, but I'm getting there. It seems like the team just has a few tweaks here and there, and it should be good to go, at least from what I understand. I mean, how do yeah. you reflect on the season? That's pretty much it. It's just, you know, you hit it right on, you know, right on point. Um, there's just a few tweaks here and there, pretty much. Um, you reflect on some of our games, and it's not, you know, that teams really came out here and put the beat down. You know, it really comes down to the last um, – so really like the last couple of minutes of each match. Um, and it's just little minor things that just need to be on point, you know. Uh, I think what's been happening with our team in some of these tight games is, uh, you know, one group of players will, fight, will have a day, another group of players won't have a day, you know. Um, I don't know it's professional athletics, right? Everything has to be on point. You know, yeah. I, you know, I've only I've only been playing rugby for a year, uh, so I don't really know like how to like I don't really know like game plans, you know, strategy wise stuff. Yep. But best, I always put things in football perspective, right? Even when I'm thinking rugby wise, I always I revert back to my training, and so the best way that I look at it and think about it is like. Um, you know, the Seahawks and even the Falcons and stuff at the time. Everybody under that P area or P uh, era talks about winning all three phases of the game, right? So you want to win offense, defense, and special team. Win all three phases there. If you can win all three phases, you know you're going to come out the victory, right? And so same concept coming over to rugby. We just got to get so we just got to get everybody on to win all the phases of the game, right? So for rugby, right, I think that's set piece kicking and yeah. I guess I'm, gotta, still... I'm on the same page as you. Are. That's how I look when I'm sitting there. I, I put it in the football terms because that's what I know, right? So no, I totally get it. Just like from what I can garner, it just seems like the teams just got a few. It's not like like you're saying none of these teams are coming in and putting the smackdown on. It's like. I mean, you're not playing the easiest teams, too, because Austin, Austin's at the top of the West. You know, L.A.'s coming off winning the whole thing last year. And then you got New England next next week. Well, this, I mean, in two days, pardon me. And yeah. they're 7-1, and one, you know. So, at, at least to me, it seems like they're just a little bit off. And like you said, winning in all phases in any sport, I'm sure, is huge. All right. I think, too, you know, especially, you know, if there's any Seawolves fans out there, you know, who are a little down and out about the season and stuff, you know, got to remind them. Hey, the guys on the other team, they get paid too. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, don't you know, don't worry too much. Um, you know, if you're a fan, um, just sit back, uh, relax, and just let the boys you know do their thing, and uh, everybody will, will get on will get on that that page right on the same page. And once they do, that's when everything will start rolling. And so just to wrap up here, put a bow on things. How are you feeling? I know you kind of looked at it. How do you feel heading into this matchup against New England this Saturday? I mean, New England, seven and one, top of the East. I mean, it should be a good tilt. You know, coming off a bye week, should maybe have uh, worked on some things. I mean, 
you give a little bit of a little match forecast thing here. How do you feel about it? Uh, you know, I feel pretty well, uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, I think the boys uh, score their the game plan, and I, you know, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, I say this all the time, right? So if you, yeah, I mean, somebody who's been around the block in terms of sports, you know, I don't, I don't really say much in terms of you know when I'm there at Seawolves, I'm kind of still considered like a younger player there, but um, same thing though, right? Is like if you just do your job. You know, if everybody can do their 115 and just do your job to the best of your ability, uh, then the outcome will be what you want it to be, right? So, uh, that's that, you know, that's my thing for this weekend is, you know, for the boys that are going. I actually will not be making the trip this week uh, out there. Um, you know, I had to stay home this weekend or this week uh, from all my training. My kids actually had a COVID case over at their daycare, so now I'm oh, daddy. Oh, gotcha. Watching the watching the kids, uh, so, but yeah, as for the boys that go over there, man, you know, best of luck to them, and just do your job to the best of you know your ability, and uh, everything will fall into place. So, I'm excited to see you know see them go to battle this, this week, and uh, I think the biggest thing too with this with this whole league, you know, everybody like this year, everybody's being everybody, like no one's safe. You know what I mean? I, that is like, that is so awesome. Like, there's just so much more competition out there and, um, on both ends, right? On both ends of the league. So, uh, I'm excited to see what happens and how everything shakes down um, throughout the whole league. Um, so, yeah, if you aren't a rugby fan and you're listening, uh, go check it out. You know, come check out rugby and see what it's all about. Um, I think a lot of like old school football players too would really enjoy rugby. Um, one of the reasons why I really fell in love with the game itself was just um, the camaraderie and sportsmanship that comes with it, right? Um, it's you know it's not uncommon to go out with the other team after a game. You go out and have you know you go out and have a few beers and talk about the game and even sit down and have a meal with them. Crazy. That's foreign in football terms. You know what I mean? Football terms, you hate your opponent and everything about them. So, and in rugby, you hate them while you're on the pitch, but you go out afterwards with them and, you know, shake it up like nothing happened. So, uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. It is, you know, as someone who grew up in the sports that I can relate to it most are, you know, American football and soccer. And I can see so much of that in action, you know, and that's how I kind of have to use it in my brain is just see the similarities to those. And it, it is, it's a lot of fun. And like you were saying, whenever I'm leaving the building and you're seeing the guys walk to, I think the main locker room area at Starfire, you see guys totally just like nothing, like they just met up, right? Just like, it is, it's a lot of fun. And I really am, I'm loving learning the game and just being our part of it I can be you know yeah. um so I always put the socials in the description of these things is there anything that you want to put out there into the world I know that uh you know the rugby network puts a lot of your guys's games on their website and I always try to you know watch that and put that link out there so people know where to watch you guys I know root sports does that here and there is there anything that you want to put into the world as yourself you know anything you got going on and that you'd like to promote or anything I actually don't, not at the moment. Working on a few things. 
Um, so when that does come out, keep an uh, eye out. Eye out. Well, I appreciate your time. Obviously, you're a busy man, so I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Really looking forward to the rest of the season. And again, like I said, just a guy that's made all this stuff. I mean, I have my other hats here. I've got my UW hat on. I got my Seahawks hat. I got my Seawolves hat. It's I, I live for this stuff. So the Seattle sports stuff to see a guy that has hit those stops. I don't have my my Dragons hat. I got one somewhere, but it, it is really cool. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day. No, I, I appreciate you. Like I said, I apologize for <laughs> totally good. Being around and stuff that I had to do today. But...